0: Times frantic best you are. Welcome to another episode of The Best. Of Frantic Times.
1: Indeed. I'm Peter Wildman. And
0: I'm Paul Chadow.
1: And uh, we are here to walk you through uh, some radio bits. It is so good to be here. It is. I'm very happy. Are you? Well, we're up to, uh, what, episode
0: 15, and I haven't gotten tired doing these intros at all.
1: No, you've stayed very perky and optimistic
0: and That's right. full of hope. That's right. My nipples are perky, too.
1: All right, moving along. Our uh, first sketch I want to tell you about, because uh, we don't do this sketch anymore. If we uh, if we go out and do a show, this used to be a staple. This used to be, our, you know, our cornerstone.
0: That's right. It's called Heaven is for Presbyterians, and it really only works if you do it in a location that understands religion and will be completely shocked at the intellectual concepts of the of the bit. And if you, you know, do it in a if you do it in a place that doesn't really care about religion, it doesn't really work anymore.
1: Right, the secular crowd don't get this, but if you are religious and you go to church, you do.
0: That's right. And maybe if we did it in the south of of the United States, we'd get killed for it. So we have to find the right place to do it. Chatham. Chatham. Yes, not too cold, not too hot, just right.
1: Please enjoy. Heaven is for presbyterians.
2: I'm floating. Mist. Clouds. Up. Where am I?
3: Welcome, stranger, to the pearly gates.
2: I'm in heaven!
3: No, you're at the pearly gates. Oh. Name?
2: Thomas Hatton.
3: Cause of death?
2: Corned beef.
3: Yeah. Those fatty foods.
2: Oh, no, I, I work in a butcher shop, and a side of frozen beef fell on my head. You know.
3: Thomas Hatton, you say? Yes. Hammond Hastings... Ah, no, here it is. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well. Well, according to the Celestial Registry, you've been a good man. You may enter the kingdom of heaven and live for eternity at his side. Thank you. Enter Thank and you. join your fellow Presbyterians.
2: Oh, I'm Catholic, not Presbyterian.
3: Oh well, then go to hell.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, well wait, wait a minute, you just said I could go to heaven.
3: Well, the kingdom of heaven is for those who follow the one, true path.
2: Presbyterians? Presbyterians.
4: Well,
2: what, what, what about Catholics, and Mennonites, and, and all the others who live faithfully by the tenets of their religion?
3: They blew it. Next!
2: <laughs> oh, no way! I, I attended mass! I took communion! I went to confession
4: again and oh, again! waste
3: of time. You might as well have stayed home Sundays and watched Red Fisher. He's Presbyterian
2: And to think the Jews claimed they were God's chosen people
3: Oh, that was years ago No, the Lord's finicky
2: Finicky? Well,
3: it was the Jews for a few thousand years And God got into Muslim because he liked their hats But when they started slicing off hands, God went with Zen and it was the Hopi Indians and the Aztecs for a while.
2: What, 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 what about us Catholics?
3: I no, never liked them. <laughs> the closest he ever got was the Anglican because he liked Henry VIII's sense of humor.
2: You know, God seems awfully indecisive.
3: Yeah, I guess so. He's like Nelson Scalbania, but with more money.
2: So anyone who isn't a Presbyterian goes to hell? No, no. Baptists go to purgatory. Oh, God likes Baptists? Now God likes to get their hopes up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Then, just when they figure they're in, (laughs) dispatched to the nether regions. Wow. And God never forgave the Mormons for the (laughs) Osmonds.
2: But, but why? Why Presbyterians? Because they're nice.
3: Nice? Nice. God's old. He doesn't want trouble.
2: Well, Well, Catholics are nice, too.
3: Have you ever heard of a Presbyterian holy war?
2: Well, no. No, because Presbyterians
3: don't go in for them, and they don't condemn this or that from their fiery pulpits.
2: Wait, wait, hold on a second. Isn't the Ulster Defense League Presbyterian? No. I think they are. I think they
3: are. Well, I'm not sure. I'll go check.
2: Yeah.
3: I have to go back to the Aztecs. Why don't you just wait in purgatory till I find this out, okay?
2: What, with the Baptist? No, thanks. I'll wait in limbo. Hey.
1: Down on the beach, we're gonna dance all day <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Get back to me on
2: this real soon I'm, day, I'm day, day. counting on heavenly salvation Right, a limbo. who isn't Duck! <laughs> a <limbo>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Next! Name, please uh, Saul Rubinowitz. Religion uh, Presbyterian Enter the kingdom of heaven Shalom Oops What? <laughs>
2: Hey, everybody, Rick here. Did you ever have one of those days where everything went right, where everything fell into place, everything you did worked out, and you felt loved and appreciated? (laughs) Yeah, me me either. I just, you know, one, just one of those. Anyway, the show's going well, guys. I'm listening, but I'm just, I I think I'm going back in the basement for a while and and curl up. (laughs) Rock on. We take you now to the snapper dressing room where Coach Biff Mueller is talking to his tortoises. All right, all right, guys. Listen up. Can I have your attention for a second? Now, tonight... Tonight is going to be a big, high-pressure game. And I don't want to see anyone hiding their heads. (laughs) It's been a long, slow haul from Madagascar, but... But we made it, okay? We're here. We beat the snails. We outlasted the hare. And last week, we dropped the Toronto Maple Leafs (laughs) 5-0. Now, some of you are worried about the Islanders' speed. Well, they outweigh us. They're bigger, they're faster, they can hold a stick. We've got to take the play to them. Force some the mistakes. Confuse them. Make them think we're the puck. Right? Right. Don't get out of position. Don't get turned over on your backs. And don't stick to the ice. Keep moving. And we've got to speed up those eight-minute shift changes. <laughs> now, I've heard some some worry about the fact that our top shooter swam out into the ocean yesterday. We can't let little things like that psych us out. Remember, National Geographic is out there, so look your best. <laughs> I'm going to remind you again, I've said it before, but you don't have ears, so I'm going to repeat it. <laughs> Watch out for Bossy. Mike Bossy. He's number 22. It's on the side of his skates. You'll see it. And look, I know what you're thinking. You're worried. But even if we do lose, even if we go down the tube, we've still got 400 years ahead of us to come back, right? But we're going to beat the Islanders, right? I can't hear you. That's more like it. All right, it's two hours to game time. We better start out for the bench now. All right, moving along. That's it. Keep going. That's it. Good luck, painted. I'm counting on you. Watch your wrist shot, box. I'm counting on you, and the corner's green, and I mean that. Keep moving. Let's. Who are you?
1: Ian Turnbull.
2: (laughs) Oh, the new trade. Well, uh. Try and keep up. Okay, let's go.
1: Hello, I'm Frank. Frankly, welcome to Let's Be Frank. Today on the subject of Cold War politics in the 80s, my guests are economist Gramov Quibb. Hello. Selvana O'Toole of the Peace First Anti-Nuclear Movement. Hello. And finally, General Bastian Trump. Yo.
2: Perhaps, Professor Quibb, would you like to begin this discussion? Certainly. To me, the situation today is analogous to a large wall between Russia and the U.S. To illustrate, I brought along this... Lego building block set here. These toy building blocks. That's the one. Let me just pour them out. Now let me build up a little Lego wall. Here. Now on this side of the wall, the American blue pieces, the eight nubbers here, they build an arsenal. While well, the eight nub Russian pieces do the same. Surely a scenario of paranoia. I see. Sylvana? Well, this Lego build-up of yours is just all too simplistic. I mean, where are the people? Where are the towns? Well, they're in this box here. So let me get oh, some more out. Surely you must realize, Mr. Quibb, that the rest of the world is being manipulated by superpowers. Say, has anyone seen the short interlocking window piece?
3: Listen, lady. It's those blue Lego missiles that allow you to live in your Lego apartment buildings without being overrun by Lego people. Communists!
2: <laughs> but General, there is no such thing as a limited nuclear war. Once it starts, the world will come to an end. Oh, look, I made a neat dump truck that can carry stuff. Oh wow, that's <laughs> nice. That's nice, isn't it? I like what? We need more Lego kits to make
1: bigger, better Lego ICBMs. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're
2: are you mad? We need the Lego to house the third Lego world. Look, my Lego protesters are meeting in this Lego stadium. <laughs> I'm going to push that little Lego button for the Lego commies, do. I'll fire a warning brick over their heads. No, look out! Their Tinker Toy spy satellite saw you! You fool! Look out! Oh, Gone! Everything we worked so hard to
1: build! Yep. Even the
2: little jeeps! I hope you've learned something from this, Frank. I certainly have. Look, I built a tiny yellow horsey. Oh, very or, nice. Or let's be frank, this
1: is Frank Frankly saying, What about a little flat white tub or a horsey tail?
3: I have one, but I'm not sharing.
1: Good
2: for you. Now, where's some more of the brick? I, I
0: oh, the window. window. <laughs> All right, some more Facebook frantic mentions. Do you want some of those? Yes. Okay.
2: But
1: it's not a mailbox, really, is it? It's not email. It's no,
0: no. People have been commenting on our, our uh, frantics page on and, Facebook. And we like that. We love that. And so this is from Kenny Goodkey. And where's Kenny from? I have no idea, but it's a fake so name, obviously. That
1: if, if I could say, if you drop us a line, tell us where you're from, because right. we'd we'd love to know.
0: Yes, so Kenny Goodkey, What's I'll Kenny make it got up. What's Kenny to say? Uh, he's from um, Ostrich, California.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, I just made that what, up. What does he got?
0: To say? Um, one of our guys was a huge Frantics fan and had recorded many, maybe all of your shows from CBC on cassette. Oh. We listened to a lot of you guys while we were painting a bathroom, and your influence on what went on stage was undeniable.
1: Back in the days with cassette, now for, it would be one of those little shoebox-sized things and they'd lean it against the speaker. Is that is that what, you, or would you hold the mic up to the speaker?
0: To record the show? Yeah. Well, or did I, we
1: have fancy recording equipment then? I think so. I did. Okay, so the quality would be pretty good.
0: That's right. So these guys were painting washrooms while listening to us.
1: Excellent. Maybe
0: I could have picked another one. Okay, here's another one. Okay, you know, so no, no, it was
1: good. No, I'm just I'm just marveling okay. at what people did.
0: Uh, Mitch Canard. And Canard is French for Canard. Duck. Duck, sorry. Okay. I knew it was French for something. Um, I love this podcast that was some out there mental stuff this week it sounds so much better with the podcast plus the added bonus of commentary to go along with it oh i like oh, that, that one, one. that's, that's a good
1: that's right. good that's
0: friday right. is payday oh but hell all that goes to bills your best of i can keep good job peter and paul on the intros
1: well thank you mr canard that's and right. uh, for you this sketch, just for you. Everybody else stop listening. This is just for Mr. Canard.
4: Oh, Terrence, what a lovely restaurant. I'm so glad we decided to go out tonight.
1: Well, Bud and Wendy said the service was terrific, Tricia. <laughs> you know, I can't remember the last time we've had a quiet meal together. No, i not... Good evening.
3: I'm Owen, the owner of and You do have a reservation? Tater for two. Marvin! Table ten for tater for two. Immediately, bonsoir. I am Marvin, your maitre today. Would uh, you like to check your Ah, uh, Yeah, please. Greta?
4: Greetings, I'm Greta. May I gather your garments?
3: Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, follow me, please. Our finest table facing the fireplace. Enjoy your feast. Oh, Thank you, Marvin.
4: Well, I certainly see what you mean by terrific service, Terrence.
3: Yeah,
1: great. You know, it reminds me of that little cafe we always used to go to. Oh,
4: yes. Cigars, cigarettes. Uh, uh, no, thank you. Um, Cigars. Uh, oh, that, <laughs> that quiet little place. That was so romantic. Uh, would you like
1: a souvenir photo of your evening? No. Oh back some very... Hello,
2: special... I'm Walter, your waiter. Would you like a beer or beverage brought?
4: Y- yes, please. I'll, okay, I'll Stuart.
2: A... <laughs> Hello, I'm Stuart, your Stuart. May I serve you?
4: Uh, two Tia Marias, please.
2: I'm Walter, your waiter, back again. Are you ready to order uh, now? No, not yet. Not yet,
3: I Hello see. again, I'm Owen, the owner. What's wrong, Walter?
2: Here you are, two Tia Marias for table 10. Uh, well, they are undecided, Owen, as to what to order. I'm Bruce, the bartender.
3: Are you enjoying your drink?
2: <laughs> Just
1: fine, thank you. <laughs> fine, anyway, yeah, Fine. Remember that little cafe? Good evening. Yes.
2: I am Jeff the chef, and on my left are my sous chefs. Billy. Hello. Sally. Hello. Willie. Hello. Wally. Hello. And Damascus the dishwasher. Hey. <laughs> Tonight, we recommend the Cunardo Pesh and the lemon tart for dessert. Avec creme, Jeff. Thank you, Billy. Yes, thank you, Jeff and Wally and Terence and
3: Tricia Tater, I have a treat. On behalf of myself, as owner of Aubergine, a bottle of our finest wine.
2: <laughs> thank you very much. Thank guys. you very much. Who are all
1: these people you brought with you? Buongiorno. We are the people of Salermo, Italy. We grew the grapes and
2: crushed and fermented them to bring this wine to you. We, we hope, hope you enjoy, enjoy it. Please, can you just go away? Leave us alone? Yes, certainly, sir, as soon as you order. Look, all <laughs> well, I
1: wanted, Trish, well, was is was well here. evening together. But I know that, they dear, and I'm sure that once we alone, order, they'll oh, leave well
2: us alone. Well, then we should oblige them, Walter. All right,
3: all right. right. Now, what should we have? Order? Order. No, no, the, the customer is always enough enough right. All right, all
1: right. Then we're ready for order. Yes, honey, we are. That's order. Waiter? Waiter? Oh, waiter! Waiter? 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 Garcon?
3: You know, we hear a lot about football, hockey, and baseball. But what about the fringe sports? The unusual amateur sports? With me today is world skateboarding champion Fred Shank. Hi. And world roller skating champion Wanda Voom. Hi. Fred, you're the North American skateboard champion, twice world skateboard champion yep. and five times Mr. Skateboard. Yep, that's
2: right. Mr. Trundle, I've been skating at least um, two hours a day for ten years now, and that's almost 10,000 hours. (laughs)
3: Fred, did you ever feel that you were wasting your time on a stupid infantile diversion that meant nothing to anyone?
2: (laughs) Well, um, personally, I think skateboarding is great. Great? Yes.
3: Like the Great Wall of China.
2: Well, it's not that Or like
3: Alexander the Great Well,
2: no Or the Great
3: Pyramid of Giza
2: Well, no, okay So (laughs) you've
3: you've never even had an inkling that you're throwing away your precious time in a stupid piece of plastic? Well, it's wooden People are starving in India
2: Well, well, that's not my fault I'm just a skateboarder And
3: that's all you'll ever be Just a faceless, fleeting nobody who never did anything for anyone (laughs) It's just just fun Oh, what an epitaph (laughs) I had fun When (laughs) destiny called, Fred Shank had fun (laughs)
1: People like it
3: People like picking their noses That doesn't mean we should spend our whole lives pandering to it No, you're right, I'm I'm sorry Oh, sorry, don't pay the rent, Buster Brown (laughs) Get get out of my sight, you greasy little worm Okay Thank you, Fred Shank, for talking with us
4: You're welcome
3: (laughs) Now, let's meet Wanda How old are you, dear?
4: Eighteen I've been roller skating for the last ten years
3: Wanda, would you agree with me that roller skating is a valuable group social activity?
4: Sure, I guess. And it's a good chance to wear my new tight satin shorts. Oh. Okay, like, roller skating is great, eh? Because um, it, it helps me to develop great muscle control. Oh. Yes.
3: Yes. The, the, Bible, the Bible assures us that there is no riches above a sound body.
4: <laughs> sure. You wouldn't believe how light I am. No. Here, let me sit on your lap. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Roller okay. skating is so neat. <laughs> People like it. Oh.
3: It's, it's more than neat, Wanda. It's freedom. It's purity of motion, poetry. Surely this is our greatest cultural expression.
2: What the hell are you talking about? <laughs>
3: Fred, you're still here. I thought I told you to get lost, you little parasite.
4: Well, What's the difference between her roller skating and my skateboarding? Skateboarding's goofy. It bugs me. What?
3: Too true. But to roller skate is to transcend human limitations of drag and speed and thrust. As Edgar Allan Poe said, Ride, boldly ride, if you seek El Dorado.
2: Do you own an El Dorado? Some cheerleader gets training wheels and you act like it's the second coming here. What's going on? You're a real downer, Freddy. Oh, this isn't fair. She's just as insignificant as I am.
3: Uh, Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today. This is Clint Trundle for Frantic Sports. I can sit on your lap, too. No, thanks. Signing (laughs) off. Hello, folks. Remember books? Of course not. They're a thing of the past. How about radio? Thing of the past. Television? Thing of the past. This show is on the Internet, and that is the next big thing of the past. This is the best of frantic times.
2: Yay! Hi, Monty. What you doing?
4: Waiting for somebody. You gonna throw mud at Fat Freddy? Maybe. What are you doing, Ralph? Oh, I'm waiting for someone, too. Hi, Monty. Hi, Ralph. Hi, Hi Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> hey, can I carry your books home for you? Let me, Jennifer. Let me. Hey, I was here first. We're not. Two. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. Well, well, well. I only have one book. Let me carry it, Jennifer, no, let me. No, let me. No, no, whoever is the strongest and the bestest can carry my book home. Oh, look, I'm strong. I can do a cartwheel. Oh, that's nothing. I, I can walk on this picket fence and not fall on the points and wreck myself. Wow! wow. <laughs> Big deal. I can walk on my hands, see? Yeah, well, I can walk on the fence on my... Hands. Oh, wow, well, Monty. Don't fall and poke your brains out.
2: <laughs> he
4: doesn't have any. Watch me,
2: Jennifer. Watch me. I can swing from the monkey bars with one hand. Wow,
4: that's pretty good. Uh, that's nothing. Oh, yeah? I-, I can swing with my mouth. Uh, Oh, Monty, you're going to lose your teeth Uh, That's nothing I can shimmy up a telephone pole Oh, that's easy I can shimmy up upside down Oh, that's cool, Monty Look at me, Jennifer I can jump onto the power line Wow! Yeah, but I can stick my tongue in the insulator (laughs) And land safely in the bushes (laughs) The coolest, Monty is
2: not Jennifer. I can cut the power line with my penknife and stick the end in my pants, Ooh. and then swing on the end like Tarzan and crash into Mrs. Carlson's bathroom.
4: <laughs> ah! <laughs> Needy. Good work, Ralph. You win. Hey, wait, Jennifer. I can do the best of all the good ones. I can I climb in this garbage can with a Tomcat. And I'm going to roll out into traffic and be smashed around by cars. And then I'll go out hey, to the Hey, Jennifer,
2: mo- where are you going?
4: This is my home already. Thanks for walking me home. But, Jennifer. Who do you like better? Yeah. Huh? I like you both the same. You, you do? But that doesn't mean you can come in and play my video games. She no knew. Fear. No fair, no fair. Can't catch me. Can't catch me. Get her, 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 her get her, her get her, her get her. her. her.
1: boy, it sure is great having a mom who's a candy-ass liberal.
4: (laughs) Calling all boys! Calling all boys! Gather round the radio, fellows. It's time for another adventure with Buster Fuel Soup! Trooper! This week, as we join Buster, he has become a co-pilot. He is flying deep into Nazi Germany territory with Ace Pilot Lance Trifle.
1: Off we go, into the wild blue yonder, off we go, into the sky, look at that horizon Buster, old boy, doesn't that just inspire?
2: No, Lance, it makes me airsick.
1: <laughs> Perfect day for a bombing run, Buster. Look out, Berlin, here comes the fifth air command blast blast right Reichstag The Kingdom Come.
2: Fine, fine, real bright idea, Lance. A suicide run to the most heavily defended spot in Europe, next to Birch's Garden. Yeah, that's our secondary objective, Buster oh. Bean. Oh, great. What, in case Berlin moves and leaves no forwarding address? Good thinking. Come on, let's turn back. Hey, master, we must expect the odd sticky wickets. Oh, wickets. Wickets, I don't mind. It's death that scares me, Lance, you know. Uh,
3: sir,
1: we're
2: being fired upon. Thank you, mothers. Lance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little flock doesn't scare us, does it, master? Don't ask me. I a stain in my uniform here. <laughs> <laughs> sir, ME 109 at 3 o'clock. It's the bad guys, Lance. Come on, let's go home, please. Okay fair fight. Yeah, now you're talking my language. Come on, let's boot it, Lance. Hey, do a wheelie. or are trying to get us Nothing out of here. Nothing shall avert us from our course, Buster. Oh, I been hit no, no, you've just been averted <laughs> you know? I'm afraid I'm, I'm shot up quite bad Oh, no evasive maneuvers for us Oh, no, we don't need evasive maneuvers No, not Lance, old boy Buster, I- I'm for it Yeah, great Hey, Germany, you got Lance You'll win, all right? I'm, I'm afraid you'll have to fly the plane onto our objective I don't know how to fly Of course you do You're a co-pilot No, I'm a cook I figured there was less work up here So I... <laughs> uh, then we're going to crash Get well, Lance, come on, get well Hey, you're looking well Look at the Colors returning to your cheeks and your shirt there as there's lots of... Captain, the tail's on fire. Oh, great, Mathers. Great, let's just talk about it on the radio and ignore the fire extinguishers. Captain, is that you? Of course it's me. Of course it's Lance. Don't I sound like a pompous dead ninny? (laughs) Sir, I'm coming forward. Oh, great. I love crowds. Bring a friend. We can play bridge. Lance here can be the dummy. (laughs) Well, I got the cards.
1: Oh, the guy, great. Oh, the
3: captain.
1: Well I guess this is it then. Yeah, don't say
2: that. One of
3: the engines is gone, the tail's on fire, everyone's dead except you and me, Buster. You're
2: regular ray of sunshine, you know that matters.
3: <laughs> you know, Buster, you and I have been together for a long time now. And we've never really gotten to know each other. I still
2: don't want to die.
1: <laughs> it might seem silly trying to start now. I don't believe it. We're gonna croak
2: and you wanna become pen pals. I love you it, great, great. It's funny. But I always thought I'd die in bed. Oh, no, not me. I always knew I'd die in a shut-up bomber full of pea brains over nowhere. <laughs>
4: what courage. What fortitude. Right. Will Buster be able to get out of this terrible scrape? I'm gonna die. <laughs> Tune in next week and find out on Buster Puel. Super Trooper!
0: Um, Dan does brilliant monologues I have to say and every time he brought one into the uh, into the writing session it was always such a treat to listen to the absolute mentalosity that and we he get
1: would... to hear it for the first time that's
0: right so I mean we'd be howling with laughter and and Dan is a brilliant monologist, and this was one of his weirdest it's called odd things
3: well said I suppose you'd call me an average Joe Everything about me is pretty normal for a 35 year old guy. I've got a pleasant job, nice family, ordinary run of the mill life. So it came as a great surprise to me when I tunneled to the center of the earth with titanium teeth and became (laughs) king of the mole people. (laughs) But perhaps I'm getting ahead of myself. It all started last Tuesday morning when I came down to breakfast. My lovely wife, Janet, stood at the stove in her usual cotton frock, frying my usual omelet. My lovely daughter, Trudy, gave me my usual morning kiss and as usual said, good morning, Daddy. My usual reaction to all this is to hug my wife and kiss Trudy. But last Tuesday, my reaction was totally unexpected. I snarled and salivated and threw over the carefully set breakfast table... And then I dove through the kitchen window. No, it was Wednesday, but that's not important. (laughs) Now, I've always had good teeth. Dad's side of the family. Yet until that day, I'd had no idea they were made of indestructible titanium alloys and that my entire jaw could extend five feet in front of me and dig like a massive mandible at a blur of speed. So there I was. And I started burrowing straight down to the center of the earth, through clay, rock, and burning seas of molten lava. And the craziest thing, I didn't get my characteristic heat rash. The whole digging thing, it just felt right. (laughs) Well, at last I crashed through into Mole World, this odd inverted land inside the earth where everything is upside down. And above your head, at the center of the earth, is this glowing sphere that provides light for the mole people. Isn't it always the way, the things you see when you don't have a camera? (laughs) I was down on my hands and knees sucking ants from a tree stump when I heard a terrible din. I snuck forward, and there in a clearing before me was a ferocious battle being fought. The cruel groundhog people were hacking apart the sweet little button dyed mole people, but faster than you could say, Jack Robinson, there I was, right in the thick of the fray, attacking and killing scores of groundhogs with my blade like teeth. Well, I don't want to brag, but that turned the battle for the mole people. The groundhogs were vanquished, and the home team had won because of me. The grateful mole people carried me triumphantly through the twisting streets of Mole City. Thousands of moles cheered me on. I was carried to the palace where for the first time in my life a brunch was held in my honor. (laughs) But suddenly the multitude grew expectant and turned silently to bow before a regal carriage. It was pulled by giant earthworms. It stopped before me. Quite a rig, I thought. Now, I've been married to a lovely gal for seven happy years, but when I saw Numnu, the mole queen, (laughs) step from her carriage, I threw caution to the wind. She was clad only in shimmering translucent robes, which did nothing to conceal her twelve pert teats. I drew her into my furry arms. I pressed my eager lips to her fragrant snout. Our two bodies commingled, and we rutted in full sight of the screaming, cheering multitude who joined us in an orgy of excess to celebrate the defeat of the groundhog enemy. Well, the next day, of course, I was back at work. I hugged my wife and kissed Tracy, but Janet was pretty good about the whole thing. She forgave me, but she added somewhat tartly, that she'd never understand what I did in a million years. That's why this morning, when she grew gills and rocketed through the roof, I just had to smile. I just had to smile.
1: All right, uh, it's song time, which means it's goodbye time. And... uh, we're sorry that it's the end of a uh, podcast, but there'll be another one next week. That's Frack right, ball.
0: Every Friday.
1: Every Friday. Uh, this week we're going to send you home with uh, Butcher's Heart,
0: and this is another sketch that we did on stage many, many, many times.
1: Many, many times, and it was a, it was a funny. It's a sad, funny, quiet little song, but it's kind of pretty. But and funny, so it, it's a roller coaster. It's a musical roller coaster. I'm going to stop talking. Let's listen to the song. The Richardsons were both so proud when their baby Richard came. His dad said Rich must be a lawyer to bear the family name. But Rich was not your average boy. He could not play that part. He knew he'd never be a lawyer. He had a butcher's heart. He had a butcher's heart. While other boys kicked footballs, Rich Richardson stayed home, locked in the family kitchen, slicing beef down to the bone. His teachers gave him quizzes yet. Though the boy was smart, the finger of fate was on the scale. He had a butcher's heart, he had a butcher's heart. Rich refused to graduate, he would not go to college. Rich Richardson knew a and he was where he gained his knowledge. He carved himself a legend, this gangly young upstart. Is his name was heard in every story. he had a butcher's heart. The Queen of England saw his roast, his port left her delighted. She gave him Northern Ireland and Philip had him knighted. His father too forgave the lad for following his art. His dad said, Let him
3: hack his meat.
1: He has a butcher's heart. Rich died of overwork one day filleting turbot strips. He'd only finished half the fish when he cashed in his chips. Now when you bite a hamburger or not a mincemeat tart, remember Richard Richardson, he had a butcher's heart. the best of frantic times that's what you've been listening to if you just joined now you're gonna have to rewind to the beginning again because you missed it you missed it
4: there's no more well
1: if there if you rewind there is and there'll be a new episode next week best of frantic times was written by paul Chatto, rick green dan redican and peter wildman female guests were meg butterfield meg ruffman carolyn scott original sound effects and cbc production done by kathy perry and dave milligan Go to Facebook. Look for The Frantics. That's us. Write something. We'd love to hear from you. If it's good, we'll read it on our show. There. The Best of Frantic Times was produced by... I, 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 Derek Wellsman. That's right. Thanks for paying attention, Paul. Thank you for listening. See you later, folks. Boot to the head! Boot to
4: the head! Ha-
0: shouldn't Carolyn Scott change her name to Mag Scott so it's Mag Ruffman, Mag Butterfield, and Mag Scott? That'd be better. We're done. Oh. Time to
2: go home.